0: what you'd like to do is just go on shouting for about my last 35 minutes. And I'd like to let you do that. it is quenching the spirit to bring a service back to order there is a time for everything and I think that the Lord would like to just give you about four more little steps that will be helpful to you in the coming days when you've forgotten the sounds of the shouts of victory, and you find yourself in a situation that feels like imprisonment, and you've been doing all the right things and you don't understand why you're in that situation, there is a need for us to learn Our part in victory. Our part in victory. Everyone has a part to play, to come into victory. And in Acts chapter 12 and verses 1 to 17, we have a story that would frustrate some people today Herod, the king, has stretched out his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the brother of John, and saw that that pleased the godless. And so he had Peter put in prison and decides to keep him there, assigns him to four quantities of soldiers, decides that a certain day, being Easter, he'll bring him forth and Present him to the people as captive. I see the church has been captive for a long time. Captive for doing all the right things, but captive nonetheless. And if you don't see that, then you, your eyes are blind because everything he tells us about victory is what we ought to be walking in. All the messages that you have heard through this weekend have had a stream through them. Have you noticed? Repetition and correlation and and flowing and completion, line upon line, precept on precept. Undoubtedly in your workshops you have seen it as well. God is saying it is not only time to grow up, it is time for you to be successful. I am excited at the thought of success. I've been talked about endurance long enough. We don't just want to endure. We want to be faithful in endurance and then move on to success. And there are reasons that the church has been held captive. All of the things that I do not have time to share with you. I fly out very early for another meeting starting Tonight, and and, uh, some of you have early planes to catch as well, and our time is nearly gone. We've got 32 minutes to do this in. So you listen fast, I can talk fast. (laughs) I believe with all my heart that the church has allowed herself to remain captive because no one ever taught her her part of coming out of captivity. The first thing we have to see, Peter, is there. He doesn't have any way out. He's got soldiers taking care of him. They're on the inside of his prison. They're on the outside of his prison. There is no way out. But this story tells us that the church begins to pray. Isn't that good news? That has happened in the last, what, five, ten maybe years. The church has begun to pray again. Isn't it a shame we had to begin again? Well, you get that on your way home. We never should have stopped. Now here's the picture. Peter is in prison for doing right. The church is praying for his release. Fervently praying, night and day praying, fasting and tears and beseeching God to deliver this man. Such has been true of our intercessors. I hold them high. We have always had intercessors for the church saying, God set the church free. We come together and we act like we're the only Christians. And all the other denominations somehow need to come into what we're doing in order to really be Christians. What the next step is is for us to recognize them as members of the family. What is there for us to do when we can do nothing, the big word, wait. Wait, how is Peter waiting? Some of us wait like with clenched teeth and bent up fists saying, God, you gotta do something. Peter went to sleep. Now let me tell you how you can sleep in captivity. You can sleep in captivity when you've checked it out vertically. Am I in this condition because of something that's wrongly related to you, Lord? Have I been moving outside of your word, outside of your will, all the things that these teachers have been sharing? Do I live it at home? Am I I pleasing you, Lord? when you know that you are to the best of your understanding and you find yourself in bondage to a situation, lie down and rest. And let those that are free begin to beseech the heavenlies on your behalf. Not all of you will understand these things. I, I don't care. But the rest of you will get it. Because someone has to say this to you. I, I see ministers who, who don't even trust the body of Christ to pray for us. we got to do our own. And so we're doing all the intercession, all the prayer, all this, all the other thing, And we're worn out. And that is the motive of the enemy in the first place. The second thing while you're waiting, first one being resting, is remember. Remember... Some past victories. Peter doesn't have any problem because he remembers back in chapter 4, which it wasn't at that time a chapter. In chapter 4, he was imprisoned. It's no new thing to him. And he was released by those that captivated him and warned, don't ever go out and preach again. As soon as he got released, he went out and did what? What God told him to do. In chapter 5, he is in prison again. This is old stuff. Don't you think when you come through one trial, you're never gonna have another? You come through one trial to be strong enough for the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one until they just you just look at them and yawn. This time he's all locked up uh, in chapter five, And uh, the angel came along and, and took them all out. It was a wonderful thing. He remembers. You need to remember some past victories. You need to remember your own victories. The times the Lord has extricated you from situations. You need to remember the testimony of our young sister here today saying, God fixed it. That's the bottom line. God fixed it. Everything's working for me now. She said, he just did it. The word is your foundation. Remember that his word has promised you. I'll never leave you. What's the first thing you do when you find yourself in a situation over which you have no control? What's the second? That's a, that's a straight A for those students. We wait and we rest and remember. Secondly, Something happens while he is there. The church is praying. And the presence of the Lord comes. Yes, it says an angel. What do you think an angel represents? The presence of the Lord. Are you glad or not? Now, when the presence of the Lord comes to you in your situation, the next thing you must do from wait is waken If I had time to to drag this out with illustration, I could tell you many, many situations that I know of where the presence of the Lord in answer to prayer came to a situation and the person in bondage didn't recognize it. See the light. Learn to find him in your circumstance. This time the angel doesn't shake all the doors open and, and free everybody this time he is the only one that sees the presence i charge and challenge you to go back to your churches that have been cold and indifferent and and they haven't been as free as this meeting what church is i almost lost it last night when that sister started to clog I mean, you talk about free, this is scary. When you go back to your church, listen, and it seems cold. It seems that everyone is bondage. When the music isn't alive. When, when your soloist just looks at the book and sings. When praise isn't. I challenge and charge you to be the one person in that prison that sees light. And the angel said to him, Arise, verse 7 arise up quickly. I have missed some wonderful opportunities with the Lord at different times of my 67 years of living? Have you? And the reason is because I didn't get up quickly. When the Lord comes on the scene and says, Arise, he means now. You are ignited right now. You have risen here. But, my friends, when you get back, you're going to see the same light and you're going to hear the same voice saying, don't put up with this. You rise quickly to be set free. Peter's interesting to me because all of it seems like so many of his encounters with the Lord find him naked. He's out on the boat. He sees the Lord. He has to get dressed before he can go on the water. Now the angel shows up. The presence of the Lord is there. And he says, rise up quickly. Peter comes out of an absolute sleep. And the angel says, start getting dressed. This guy just can't keep his clothes on. And and I thought about this. And and if if you read over in 2 Corinthians... In, in in chapter 5, it says, We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have the building of God, and house not made with hands, it's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed again with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. We need to understand that ours are heavenly garments. We're walking in a different kingdom than this world. Hello? In it, but not of it. See, we are, not, we are not to be subject to all of the things on this earth like other people. We march to the beat of another drum, one that speaks in the heavenlies, that bids us to come up higher. What was it Peter put on first? He put on what belonged to him. I want to ask you what you've taken off. What are those talents? What are those giftings that you had in the early days? In those times when the Holy Spirit rose up within you and fired through you. Oh, how we love to watch the born-again baby. They are so fervent, and everyone they meet, they talk to about Jesus because it's new and fresh and vital, but somewhere along the line, they strip themselves. Some of you have had great talents, and someone didn't like it. You can count on that. Someone won't like everything. Hello? Hello? and we lay those down. Some of you laid down your clothes or your talents or your abilities because they didn't succeed in the way you thought they should. Well, I tried, I, I, I felt like God was telling me to teach his class and, and then it just kind of fell apart and so I just realized, hey, I'm not called to teach. I think if you can recognize the light today and see the presence of the Lord come into your prison, you'll hear him say, get up and get dressed. When Paul was smitten on the road to Damascus, he was blinded for three days, told where to go, and Ananias sent to pray for him, and what was given back to him instantly was his sight, his education, his knowledge, his ability to communicate. Some of you are so super spiritual, you'll never do anything here. Well, I'm just waiting, you know, for the Lord to impart. He gave you some things. He's already in the natural, if you must hear it. You can't be in the natural when you're born again. Everything that we are, look at the variety of personalities you've had in the speakers. Look at the variety of personalities you've had in the musicians are you with me or not god doesn't change our personality to make us a bit able ministers he uses that which he clothed us and he says you put that on it. don't try to be like someone else you be yourself all of you that went to judy reamer's class Loved it. Every other sentence is funny. You you don't know when she's telling the truth or not. But that's not an act she puts on. I've been in her home. She's nuts there too. You saw her dance. I mean, I use the term loosely. I hope my point is being made. Understand that he made you like you are. He gave you that which clothes you, and it pleases him when he owns it. Peter, put your clothes on. Well, I thought I was through ministry. They ripped me off and brought me in here, put me in chains, so I just gave up. Get up and get dressed. Oh, now he stands there barefooted. You get it, don't you? You could be a lot of fun to deal with. And, and the Lord looks down at him, and he, uh, uh, or if you will, I'll stay with your language, you like it better. The angel said to him, put your shoes on because you're going somewhere. Get ready for the walk. Say it. Does he understand what's happening? Does he know why he should get dressed? He's still in prison. Doors are locked. There was no swinging open this time. That's what happened last time. Don't you hate it when God changes it? and the door's open, poof. Come on, God, poof. No, Peter, that was last time. We're gonna do a little different this time. Get dressed, put your shoes on. So he's standing there fully dressed, fully clothed, with his shoes on, and no openings. Oh, yeah. That'll <laughs> test your trust. That's what the Lord wants from us, is for us to just be totally ready and say, Lord, I'm ready. People will say, for what? The Lord never does. You see, walking with the Lord is a process of obedience, not insight. You think you have to have some prophetic insight to know where you're going? No, you don't. You just have to obey. And when he says, we're gonna walk now, you say, yes, sir, how far? He says, I'll let you know. This whole walk is step by step and he is testing obedience of his beloved like never before. So the angel starts walking him through the bars this time some people will never walk through the bars they stay inside praying that the bars will be removed church in the balcony you there the angel says let's just walk on through this one and they just walk right on through see there are times the Lord will just let you stand in the midst of unbelief and laugh you just walk through the bars. people say you can't do it in this church Then they walk out past the soldiers. How do you think, what what do you think's going on in his mind? All these soldiers looking up, they don't see him. Now he's getting into it. Oh, I get it. He made me invisible. I have moved into a realm of the supernatural. Woo, Glory! And the angel disappears. See, we love it when the supernatural hits the church. We like it. We do. All of us like it, whether we get in it or not. We like watching it say well aren't they funny they're all laughing <laughs> and we have recently had another demonstration another being that those of us that are old enough have seen several demonstrations of the supernatural hitting the body of Christ we've just recently seen another one now we've got people that feel like their church isn't moving in God if everyone isn't lying on the floor in hysterical laughter well our our pastor quenches the spirit Because I went to such and such a church, and they're all laughing, but our congregation doesn't laugh. Maybe the Holy Spirit's playing a different tune to that church. Don't find fault with this one, and don't find fault with that one. Just listen to the one that plays the tune. why does god bring a manifestation of the supernatural to the church and then seemingly withdraw it it leaves all the preachers telling us it's our fault oh tell the truth what do you hear preach if you believed we'd have never lost that ring vine you can't lose something that's on a timing God sends the supernatural to us at times and seasons, you've heard it, a variety of ways, for a divine, eternal purpose. But if we lived in that church, do you understand? If we lived in that supernatural realm, we could never reach people here on earth. Nor would there be any proving ground. You heard a wonderful message this morning, from the life of David, I will bless the Lord at all times. That isn't hard to do if you live with an angel. Angel goes before me, you know, and I would fly first class, me and my angel. If he was visible, hello. Anytime there was a storm, my angel would just wave along. Poof, I wouldn't have to sit up all night in an airport like I did coming in here because of the hurricane. I wouldn't have any problems, just, okay, angel, take over. I see people try to live that way. They think by much fasting and much praying and much demanding that they can live that way, but it isn't true. Christ is in you, and until we come to that awareness, that he lives within me and never leaves me or forsakes me, we will demand a demonstration out from ourselves. And when the angel leaves or the supernatural demonstration or the revival, am I communicating? When that revival has reached its point and no longer is flowing like it was, many people start running to find where it went. Angel's gone what's Peter gonna do the Bible says in verses 12 to 17 he returned he returned where to where he was he went back to his church oh yeah but that was a wonderful church really yes it was full of intercessors praying people right but they didn't believe it was gonna happen They had faith in prayer instead of in the one to whom they prayed. Peter knocks on the door, knocks on the door, they're too busy praying for him to answer. Finally one of the young people come to the door look out and say, wow, it's Peter. Runs back in, interrupts the prayer meeting, excuse me,
1: he's here, Peter's
0: here. Don't bother us Rhoda, we're praying for Peter. that sound like anyone you know See, we, we got to learn to recognize answers when they come finally the Rhoda gets through to them I'm telling you God answered our prayer and Peter is here and they come and receive him and he comes in and blesses all of them and says you know God is God no matter where we are never worry about anyone being taken captive Never look at someone and say, oh, there's no hope for them. God is faithful. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Now, here's my last point, and I'll release you. We not only wait, but we waken, and then we witness. We go back to our homes, to our families, to our churches, and we minister to them because of what has happened to us. And lastly... There is the weaning of self. What does that mean? It means the willingness to extricate ourselves from our safe comfort zones. Peter is loved in this church, protected in this church, cared for in this church. He wants just to be among them. But something happened to him when the presence of the Lord came and said, get up and put on your clothes, get your shoes on, you're going on a new walk. When the supernatural left him, he knew what to do. Some of you need to look around. You say, I'm waiting for someone to appoint me to something. You want a title? You want to be useful or do you want to be important? Find something that isn't being done and plug the hole. Peter did that. But there's something in his mind, as there must be in ours as we depart from this place. And that something is, I am headed for a new walk. Listen, he made a determination. In verse 17, it says, After he blessed the people there, he departed and went into another place. I'm not talking geographically. I'm not talking about switching churches. I'm talking about you never again staying in the same place you were when you came here. You can be the only... When I count to three, I want you to shout out the name of your church. One, two, three. Father, we lift them to you, and we pray for a revival. We pray that you'll reveal yourself to these leaders in this church. We pray you'll make these women lights among those people. Oh, God, in these congregations I pray when I count to three you shout your husband's name out saved or unsaved one two three God I pray you will reveal yourself to this man even as you have to these women let it come alive to their illumination And change these homes as a result of it in Jesus.